Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are a church located in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our mission is to know God and to make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how to partner with us, visit us at fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. This title of my sermon is Start Young and Finish Strong, all right? Come on, let's say that with me. Start young and finish strong. And one of the things we see in the Bible that might be surprising to us is we have so many patriarchs that started young. I just read a few. David started young. Joseph started young. Daniel started young. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Also Moses, when he had come to years, he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy this pleasure of sin for a season. Moses started young, and his ministry, of course, came into fuller fruition as an older man. But you know, it's a wonderful privilege to start young. And I'd just like to read some verses from Psalm 119, and it addresses this matter. Maybe you'd like to turn with me to it. I'm going to read verse 9 and 10. It says this, wherewithal shall a young man, and of course that would include a young woman also, cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Then verse 10, with my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. And I was thinking as I read that how important it is that we're balanced in the regard that we're men and women and young people. Uh, particularly of the word and of the spirit. And so it says that a young man or woman should cleanse his way by taking heed according to thy word. You know, the word has conviction, and the word will cleanse and keep you. How important it is that we are people of the word. But then it says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. You know, when you seek the Lord, that Holy Spirit comes to you and begins to work in you. And we want to seek the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit will increase your prayer life. It will increase your knowledge of God and your touch of God in your soul. Jesus said about the baptism, in that day ye shall see me. God wants us to see him. We don't see him with the natural eye, but with the spiritual eye. But you see him. You hear him. How many want to come into contact with Jesus? Praise God. Now I want to encourage, there's a number of young people here. We had a few more in the morning service, but uh, my sermon still applies. And young people are very, very important to the work of God. As I mentioned, a number of the Bible characters started young. And when you think of our young people, think of them as being parents in training. And a parent is to train. And it's very important that we have really godly homes and children trained in homes. How important. I think a lot of what we see in the lack in our country is a lack of the fact that we've gotten so far away from God. The Bible is not central in our communities as it used to be and in our homes. And young people don't know. They don't understand You know, I like that verse. In some ways, I don't like it, but it's the truth anyhow. It says, without vision, the people perish. The literal translation of that verse is this, without prophecy or the word of God, 
the people cast off restraint. When you don't know the word, you don't know right or wrong. When you know the word, you're checked. And even when you do wrong, you're convicted, aren't you? And you know it immediately. And God deals with us. Oh, how well wonderful it is to be filled with the word. Not only to check and to keep us, but the word is Jesus. And he reveals himself through his word. And as we pray, so important. It's going to be tied in with our um, talk this morning. One of the youngest um, that uh, came to the Lord in a supernatural way was David. And what a tremendous man he became. I'd like to look at you, uh, with you at some of his beginning. If you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Verse Samuel chapter 16. And what had happened in this story was Saul had fallen. The kingdom was rent from him. Folks, be careful. We can mess up. And I'm not speaking that over you. Lord, make every one of us be faithful and finished well. But godly people who have had great privilege have messed up, and Saul was one of them. So the Lord was through with Saul, and he speaks to Samuel about anointing another king. I'm going to read Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel, Fill thine horn, horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And the word was given to Jesse, and Jesse gathered all the sons. He had seven of them, but he let David play out in the field, I should say attend the sheep, because he thought, well, he's the youngest, he's the most unlikely. <clears throat> Do you know God often picks the most unlikely and this list that I mentioned, how he used David, how he used Joseph to spare life and to spare Israel, how he used Daniel, made him a great man, one of the greatest men in the word of God, how he used Mary, maybe just a young teenager, to bear the son of God because she was highly favored. Do you know that God sees young people that are full of grace and highly favored? And you don't have to be old. Years don't make people deep. Jesus makes people deep. And young people can find him and walk with him and begin. And Moses, what a man. In fact, it seems like a lot of them that were really used started young. Well, I want to go on in the story here. I want to skip down to verse 10. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? <clears throat> and he said, There remains yet one youngest, and behold, he keeps the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. Now he, was, he sent and brought him in, and he was ruddy, and wherewithal of a beautiful countenance, countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for he, for this is he. And then in Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose and went up to Ramah. My prayer is that the Spirit of God will come upon all of us 
but particularly as we're thinking of young people, God comes to them, God baptizes them, he fills them, and he develops them. And what a wonderful thing. My prayer and my faith is in this church, we'll all be filled with the Spirit. <clears throat> For it's unto you and to your children and unto your children's children and unto as many as the Lord our God shall call. Everyone can have not only salvation, which is key in the first, in the first work of grace, but then that infilling of the Holy Ghost where he's real to you. You know, I played baseball when I was young, and I was good, believe it or not, even though I was short. Oh, I shouldn't brag, but one year I led my league in home runs. But one of my greatest fears is I never want to sit, uh, be seated on the bench. No. How many agree with me? No matter what sport you play. You want to be on the field. But my fear was being on the bench, and thankfully I was on the bench very few times. But we want to be out on the field. And I want to tell you, in Christ, God doesn't want you to be on the bench. He doesn't want you to have to watch others playing or watch others prophesying or watch others moved in the Spirit. He wants to move us all by the Holy Ghost. He wants to use every one of us. In fact, the dear Schmoots have a granddaughter who speaks in tongues. Four years old. And I believe God would like us to begin early. In fact, my wife began at four years old. I asked her once in a while, what did you repent of at four years old? You don't even know the big baddies at four years old. She said, God convicted me of my state of sinfulness, that I needed to be saved. John Gordon, also at the age of five, after a Sunday night meeting, he had gone uh, that <clears throat> prior Friday to FCS, and one of the teachers gave their testimony, and six children got saved. And he came that night after Sunday night meeting, and he was weeping, came into my bedroom. I'm so privileged, I'm so glad I had that opportunity. And even though he's grown and developed, and I've asked him, John Gordon, what was it like? He said the same thing. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I needed to be saved. And even though God has developed him, now he's a man of God. Now he's a pastor. Now he can preach well and sing well and has experience. But all of it began at six years old. Or was it five, honey? Five. Right? Now your pastor here didn't get saved till he was 17. I was an old man. But I've been saved 50 years now, and you can do the math. Don't do the math. Just leave it alone. Just believe my lie. I'm 42. All right? That's good enough for me. But the thing is, what a privilege. What a privilege to get saved young, to avoid all the disaster, temptations, and things out there. Now look, some didn't have the privilege of getting saved young. You get saved the earliest you can. And you run fast after God. And he'll even restore the years the canker worm has eaten away. Don't you feel bad that you weren't saved at four. You're saved now. Make a good run for it. Finish strong. Do some damage on the way. Hallelujah. And so that's very important. So the Lord anoints through Samuel, David, and the Spirit of God comes upon us in a new, another place that says that he was given a new heart. Hallelujah. That's a heart to serve God. That's a heart to stay in his presence. That's a heart to pray for others. That's a heart to witness. That's a heart, his heart. God has a tremendous heart. 
I told you some weeks ago about how I was in the eye doctor. Aren't my eyes, I was going to say nice. They were never nice, but at least they're normal now. <laughs> and while I was there, the Lord gave me an experience as I was walking through those halls of that big lobby in the dentist's office. The Lord, I'd pass people and he'd say, I love those people. And I thought, they're not too lovable. There's nothing terrifically attractive about them. They were born in, you know, just wearing just normal everyday clothes, nothing special. But God doesn't seek the special. He loves us all. There's not many mighty that are called. Few are mighty. He has taken the weak things to confound the wise. And so I'd go past that room. I love these people. I love these people. But the thing that was more important to me than anything that I was hearing was what I was feeling. You know, it's better felt than felt. I was feeling God's love for him. And I was reading a book that my mentor, Brother Gardner, read. It's out of Zion into all the world. You can buy it in the back. We don't make any money off it. It's just a good book. We've been reading it as a family. And I was amazed at the baptism of the Holy Spirit of John G. Lake. John G. Lake is filled with the Holy Spirit. He prayed for a long time to receive that. And then God spoke to him and said, I've given you the Holy Spirit. He felt nothing. But that night he went to a meeting and there was a sick woman there that was an invalid in a wheelchair. And another pastor said to him, Brother Lake, come, help me pray for this woman. And he gets up under the power of God. And he's shaking. And he's trembling. He had never done this and it wasn't something he was doing. God was doing it. And when he went over to this woman, he felt power coming out of his hands. You know, the reason we lay hands on is Jesus puts power in the hands of his people. And as he went to this woman, the power went from his hands. And the woman was perfectly healed. Her legs straight. Her hands were crippled straight. She stood up out of that chair and was fully healed. Thank God for the power of God. But that's not what I want to tell you about. You know, it was more important to me and more a, a greater blessing. He said when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, he felt the lost condition of people. And he was compelled by the love of God to minister to them. The Holy Ghost will not make you crazy. It will make you like Jesus. Don't be afraid of being Pentecostal. I'll get there. I'm getting there. Take a little time. Hallelujah. 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 We thank God for every Christian church. But I thank God that the purpose of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection was to give you the Holy Ghost so you can have him in your own life. And you can start and you can win this race and finish strong. I don't think we can finish strong without the Holy Ghost. And so David was one of them I wanted to talk about. I mentioned Joseph. I can't go into detail about all of these. But Joseph had dreams when he was 16, 17 years old. And they seemed to be tales and they irritated the brothers who were jealous. And even the mom, even Jacob was puzzled. But what God speaks to you comes to pass. And God didn't speak to him when he was 45. He spoke to him when he was a young man. And then God worked through. And how many times do you think Joseph recalled those dreams? And remember he saw that his brethren would bow before him. And they were angry because of that and sold him into slavery. But the day came 
that they were in famine. And it was Joseph's faith that was used to spare the world because of his ability to have dreams and visions and interpret them. And it, they started when he was young, not when he was a pastor. Now, I want to tell you something. I don't know if it's right. I can't tell them to shut it off. But I didn't start having dreams when I became a pastor. I had dreams after I got saved. I had visions and experiences. I remember the first time the Lord spoke to me. I remember the second time he spoke to me. I was in college and I was coming home and I was stopped at the corner of Sisney and Covent Avenue in Floral Park, Long Island, New York. I was just a young man in my early 20s. I had gotten saved a few years before and I'm stopped at this light. Nobody ever told you God could speak to you, but from high heaven, God speaks to me and says this, if you'll keep your eyes on me, and not look to the left or to the right or even at yourself, but on me, I will take care of you and all of your problems. Well, that's not just a word for me. That's a word that God does. You keep your eyes on God and he'll keep you. God speaks. Joseph had the Lord speak to him. Daniel had the, word, the Lord speak to him. Daniel's the next one I want to speak about. You remember in the first chapter of Daniel how he was and the other three Hebrew children, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, were supposed to eat of this meat sacrificed to idols at the king's table. And he said, we can't eat these things. They were unclean things also. And he put before them a test. He said, let me eat vegetables for 10 days. How many like to eat just vegetables? Love them or leave them? Give me a steak. I need some pasta thrown in there. But God honored their faith when he was a young man. But there came a time when there was an edict because those around him in the political world saw him praying and they couldn't get him. So they made an edict. They made the king to make an edict. Anyone who prays to any other God will be judged and killed. And what did Daniel do? He knew the edict. It says that. He opens his window, and he does as he always did. He prayed three times, and God honored him. Folks, I thank God we can start young and start strong. But God wants us to finish strong. We see in these men, David, he began strong, but he finished strong. Joseph began strong, and he finished strong. Daniel began strong, and he finished strong. It's not enough to start well. In fact, the Bible says the ending of a matter is better than the beginning thereof. Amen. If you start well and then you flub up, or if you fail at the finish line, or you leak out, you get lukewarm, you lose your first love, that's a great eternal loss. Now, John Gordon preached a sermon some months ago that I never forgot. You know, sometimes I think I get saved by my son's sermons. <laughs> this is getting difficult. And so he preached this sermon about sowing. And he talked about how you're blessed because you sowed. But then sometimes when you're in that blessed state, you forgot what got you there. And you don't realize that you're sowing by your neglect what's going to happen the next season. 
And you're sowing defeat by not continuing. You know, the Bible says continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. We're called to walk in the spirit and not make provision for the flesh. You know, it seems like works, but let me tell you, folks, when you sink spiritually, everything in your life goes south. Now, when I say that, I mean it's bad. Joe Duggan says the best thing to do to hear is to go south. He says I-95 South is the best way to go because he's a good Southerner, and I agree with that too. But what I'm talking about is when you stop walking with God, you are setting yourself up for trouble. Amen. And so there is another fellow in the Bible who wasn't as wise as these that we mentioned. How many know Mary, the mother of Jesus, ended well? Right? And I think of dear Moses. Wow. What a guy. What a guy. Man, how would you like to meet these people in heaven, huh? Seeing Moses march the people of Israel out of bondage into freedom. And because he was a type of the law, he couldn't go over that promised land. He couldn't go over. God didn't allow it. Joshua, who is a type of Jesus, brings him over. But God so loved Moses that he brought him to the Mount Pisgah, and he buried him. And we know he was in heaven, and he was sent down to talk to Jesus before he went to the cross. Oh, what a wonderful life we have in Jesus. But you know, I want you to turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 26. 1 Chronicles 26. And here's another young man. Had a wonderful experience. He was a king of the southern kingdom of Judah. And it says some wonderful things about him. All right? It's Second Chronicles. Did I say first? Second Chronicles 26. I'm going to read verse 1. It says, And all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father Amaziah. Now that's a young age to become king. But usually then, if you were the son's king, when your dad died, you became king. And so here we have a teenage king. Not such a great idea, in my opinion, but that was the situation. So Isaiah is 16 years old, but he had good mentors. And the Bible says to us that he was a young man that did God's will and got under some special spiritual people. I want to skip to verse 3. It says, 16 years old was Isaiah when he began to reign, and he reigned 50 and 2 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name also was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. Verse 4, look at it with me. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. I want to put another word in for parenting. The reason this young man had some sense and spiritual fear of God and godliness was because he saw it in his father and his mother. Very important. But then he had to walk it out on his own and thank God he did. Look at verse 5. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who was a prophet. He sought God who had understanding and visions of God. 
And so here he got under godly people. You know, it's an important thing to have godly friends and fellowship. Someone say amen. It's an important thing to have a godly home. Be careful about the schooling today. It's wild out there. But it's an important thing to get under people who know God. People in a church that is a spiritual deep church. I want to tell you, I believe our church is a deep life church. We don't just preach outer court here. What do I mean by that? We don't just preach going through the door and going to the brazen altar, which is Calvary, and then getting water baptized, which is the labor. We believe you go into the holy place. We believe he becomes your light, hallelujah. He becomes your bread, thank God. You become a worshiper, thank God. And then you have access into the holiest of all. Hallelujah! Praise God. Now we're imperfect at it. You pray for us. But sister, that's our goal. We want to see Jesus visit us. And Jesus hasn't died just to forgive your sins and leave you alone and make you a tither and go to church. He has come to wreck your life with such blessing to knock your socks off. Yes, amen. Really give you a dose of the Holy Ghost where you will be just, just your life will be so blessed. So we're talking about this Isaiah and uh, Uzziah. And look what it says at the end of verse five. Very important. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. I have that underlined in my Bible. And I want to underline it to you. I want to make you a promise upon the word of God. As long as you seek the Lord, God will make you to prosper. And I can tell you that because it was not just for Isaiah. Let me read this to you. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, which is his word. Right? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. God wants his people to prosper. Now, I'm not a prosperity minister. I just believe God prospers. I believe if you get it right, he will do everything he wants. And it's more than just blessing in your soul. He'll save your family. Someone say hallelujah. Hallelujah. He will give you long life. Praise God. And he will give divine provision. You know, some time ago, God made me real, this real to me. I've said it many times. God doesn't want us to just live the Christian life. He wants to live us to live in life and more abundant life. That's overflow life. That's where you just know God did it. You know, when God began to work because of that I was going to say crazy prayer. It was the best thing I ever did. When we started that prayer in the morning, we were struggling, always having to call people, always having to, you know, the church would go to 30 to 50, back to 30, and then it went from 30 to 300, and people began to get healed, and we didn't have to call anymore. And I began to realize we had pressed into something where God was beginning to pastor. That was the deal I made with God. I said, God, I'll pray. You pastor. I can't handle these folks. <laughs> Of course, you weren't here then, so it's that. It was pretty rough. 
Sometimes Donna would call 50 to 80 people every Friday night for youth meeting, young people's meeting, come to church. When the revival came, we didn't have to call anybody. Now we call you because we love you, but we don't have to beg you to come. When God's moving, you want to come. In fact, the church alive is worth the drive. Praise God. We're happy for all you folks listening online today. We really love you. <laughs> Praise God. All right, well, let's continue in the story. I only have a few more minutes left in me, so we'll just look at what happens here to Uzziah. And so the Lord says, I'm going to cause you to prosper. Look what happens in verse 6. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines and broke down the wall of Gath, and the wall of Jabna, and the wall of Ashdod, and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians, against Gerbil, and against the Minunim. Minhunims. What a name. And look what it says. And the Ammonites gave gifts unto Uzziah, and his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt, for he strengthened himself exceedingly. So here this 16-year-old young man, because he seeks God, God blesses not only him spiritually, he blesses his whole kingdom that other nations are paying tax to him. Cities that were enemies of Israel are being subdued by him. He builds this large army. He becomes an inventor. God gives him wisdom. And he has strong defense, military might. All right? Verse 15, and he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. Now look at this. And his name spread far abroad for he was marvelously helped. I wish I could stop there. But that's not the end of the story. Remember my sermon is start young, start early, start when you can and finish strong. Well, it says he was marvelously helped till he was strong. Do you know, folks? David repented. But do you know when he fell? Not when javelins were being thrown at him. Not when he was a young man pressing into the kingdom and having to run from Saul. But when his kingdom was established and he was strong and he was sitting upon his housetop and he looked over and he saw this beautiful woman, Bathsheba. You know the end of the story. Do you know most of the kings had their trouble when they got older? Why is that? Because sometimes it's easy to get comfortable and begin to misuse your blessing. I believe that America is in this time because America has misused her blessings. We have not realized who gave them to us. We begin to feel we have a right and we're smart and we are really dumb. Did you hear me? I mean it. Dumb. I wish I could come up with a better adjective. I know you do. I tell the truth anyhow. It's amazing I have a church and a job, isn't it? <laughs> but how many people get blessed 
And then all of a sudden they relax. How many people start on fire, but the fire dies down? They start committed to God. They start a prayer life. And all of a sudden they begin to relax. That's exactly what Isaiah did. God helped him till he was strong. Look at verse 16. Put it up there for us. Very important. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. I quoted earlier, the ending of a matter is better than the beginning thereof. Now all these Bible characters and Isaiah started strong. They started young, but they didn't finish strong. Now I said earlier, and I want to say it again, the young people are preparing for life. Young people, come to this church. You have a pastor who loves you and understands you. I got saved at 17. I know a little bit about the world. God kept me. And there's no more important years than the years you're walking from 17 to 30. Those are the years almost every major decision is made. Let God make your decisions. Amen. So I'm for you. But you're getting ready for life. You're getting ready for parenthood. You're getting ready for your career. You older folks, you're getting ready to stand before him. You're ready. You're getting ready to stand before Jesus and take your place in the everlasting kingdom. It's no time to let down. It's no time to look back or coast. It's time to press in. So this morning, if you're young, press toward the mark. Do well. Seek God. Bring him in your life. Let him bless you. And those of us who are older and we've got some mileage, and the day's approaching. Let's run the race as never before. We're going to see him as he is. We're going to reign with him throughout all the ages of eternity. He's going to fashion you contingent on your overcoming in his everlasting kingdom. It's no time to let down. I'm not mad. I'm from New York. We get emphatic. We punch it out. In fact, I was born in the same hospital as President Trump. I love the man. Praise God. Praise God. But folks, we need to hear the truth. You know what Isaiah did? He got so big, he thought he was strong, that he took the position that were given to the priest to offer incense. And he took the incenser and he was going to run in. And the priest said, no, no, king, that's not for you to do. But he thought he was invincible. He thought he could do what he wants. Do you know, older folks, we still can't do what we want. And that includes the pastor's wife and the pastor. We need to keep seeking. We need to keep low at his feet. We need to be pressing in. If we keep pressing in, you'll be blessed. If we let down, the whole thing will go down. So as he's going in and he thinks he's doing something wonderful, now he's not only the king, he can take the office of the priest and he takes that incenser and he runs in and all of a sudden leprosy breaks out over his whole body. And they had to rush him out. You know what the Bible said? He died a leper. Really, you could say he died a failure. He was judged at the very end. A man that God did everything for. Oh, help us, Lord. Give us grace this morning. 
Help us to start when we start and start strong and finish the race. How important it is for us. You know, this speaks to every one of us today. So I want to ask you, have you let some things in? Have you dropped maybe some devotion that you used to have? Are you seeking him the way that you had with all your heart? If you do, I got to tell you this, you're going to finish strong and there'll be no regrets. Say amen. amen. There's no regrets in Jesus. I want to tell you again, I want to promise you everything in your life will straighten out. Won't mean you won't go through tests and trials and times when you have to pray, but God will win, 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 as our president says. Amen. God will take over because as long as we seek the Lord, God will make us to prosper. Watch the leaks. Somehow I feel to quote something my mother used to quote, and I think I did this not too long ago. She used to say, defeat in the Christian life is seldomly a blowout, but often a slow leak. Well, when she'd say it, I'd say, Ma, it's not too prophetic. I don't see that in the Bible. She'd say, yeah, but defeat in the Christian life is seldomly a blowout, but often a slow leak. How many of you seen people get saved and all of a sudden just backslide quickly? It never seems to happen that way. Just a little, you know, little drawing back, little lack of prayer, no coming to meetings anymore. And then it becomes, you know, in their minds more than their hearts. And then their heart becomes hardened. And we can always tell as pastors, I can tell almost to the week when a person is going to fall. And then you call them and they really don't want to talk. And, you know, nobody here. But, folks, this is normal to us as Christians. Jesus not only needs to be our Savior, He needs to be our keeper. He not only is the one we're going to see, He's our life now. We got to stay in the Holy Ghost. We got to stay in the Spirit of God. We can't trifle with the things of God. And yesterday's manna is rotten. I need every day, every day, give me this day, my daily bread. Walk day by day, walk pressing in. You'll never regret. And you know, sometimes, you know, I don't know. I shouldn't say it. Sometimes I think I preach hard. You know what I really think, though? I'm thankful I tell the truth. I had pastors who preached this stuff. And that's why, as a young man, I got on a journey of getting alone with God. And do you know that? That's why I'm in ministry. I wasn't thought to be the one that would be chosen. I was perhaps the Catholic kid who came out of nowhere. But you know what? God prospered me because I sought him. But you know what? Now I'm a pastor. I have an ordination certificate. I better watch it because that's dangerous. So today you pray for me because so I want to finish. Praise God. There's a race to win. I want to hear well done. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. God help us. God help us. Pour strength out upon your people. Pour anointing upon everyone here today who is bowing before you and before your word to us today and is saying, Jesus, help me. Keep me true, Lord Jesus. Keep me true. There's a race that I might run, need to run. There's victories to be won. By thy power every hour, 
keep me true. Oh, help us, Lord. Anoint everyone here today and draw them. Thank you for all you've done for us. But Lord, we're not going to forget it. We're not going to misuse it, take it for granted. We're going to press toward the mark for the prize. Until we see you, dear Lord, what a day that will be. Give us grace in Jesus' name. I've asked John Gordon if he'll sing a prayer for us. Maybe you want to sing it with him and pray it. Maybe you want to stand. We're not coming to the altar right now. I miss it. I wish we could just all lay prostrate at his feet. I feel like I'd like to. But let's pray this prayer, okay? As John Gordon sings. Sing it with us. Draw me close to you. Never let me to myself and I have begun a good work and I promise to finish it but I need your attention I need you to dwell closely with me and if you do my word will be fulfilled in you and I will bring you forth through the ups and downs and the trials of your life nothing will touch you nor overwhelm you I will be glorified in you and I will receive you into glory 